Salutations and greetings. Welcome to you all. This is When Highbury Was Home, a Loud Booth podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. And I feel good today, man. I feel good. Our boys got a result against Dundalk, a positive result. And it feels good to be proven wrong when it comes to certain things, especially as it pertains to our team, right? is I felt some of the younger guys maybe wouldn't get a run out and maybe you'd look at some, some real academy graduates who are coming in now because a lot of them are looking like more, they were looking more like guys who should go out on loan, you know? And for Miguel to show faith in the lads and for them to reward him, that was beautiful. That was beautiful to feel, that was beautiful to see and it's beautiful to experience because it's exactly what the doctor ordered, you know? The kids are all right. <laughs> the kids are all right and and Mikel now can go into the future with hope because we have hope now as a fan base saying, you know what, we trust you and we trust these kids. Now trust more in these kids and if you're going to trust some of these other guys who are considered outcasts, I mean, Mustafi played and he played pretty well. Kalasniash played and he played pretty well. You know, Ainsley got game and maybe not his best game yet. Pardon me, he played, he played, you know. And Ketia got a run down the middle and he played pretty well, rewarded the manager, you know. Nelson, Pepe, there were performances all across the field, you know. Joe Willock, amazing performance, rewarded the manager. And it's great to see, you know, Xhaka playing out of position and rewarding the manager. That's what we come to see as fans, you know. That's what we, that's what we invested in when we invest our time, our money and our, our, our prayers into this football club, man. We want some sort of return on investment. That's what it really is at the end of the day. So the lads came through. The lads came through. Um, just some brief takeaways before we get into it is that the team selection, I felt, was extremely brave. You know, making the decision to drop Leno and put Runison in and have faith in him. And the player rewarding the manager with a clean sheet and, and good distribution and commanding that back line and doing his job when he had to do it confidence in the air when you had to be from corners and set plays. I like that. I like that a lot. The defense, when you look at it on paper, was a mesh-up, but they performed for the manager and got a clean sheet. And it was brave for him to make those decisions to rest some first-team defenders and play Xhaka in a central de defensive position. Play Mustafi, although he's coming back from injury and a shit performance. Play him. Play Konasniach, although he's been cocking every single game he's played. Play him. Play Ainsley down the left and let's see a game of it. And maybe Ainsley didn't make a game of it himself because he ideally would like to play in higher pressure situations, yet he got a run out. And now he knows when maybe he doesn't get a look next game against United that, hey, you know what, I was in levels. I got another game against Mold on Thursday. Let me make sure I'm buzzing a training and get into consideration for that too, you know? The midfield was brave for me. Going with Elneny and Willock where on paper it may look rather defensive if Joe Willock doesn't have the game he has, yet he was amazing. El Nene was extremely good as his supporter in midfield, where he was hanging back. Where normally El Nene is playing next to guys where El Nene gets a chance to play forward and Xhaka hangs back and becomes the more experienced midfielder in that. Now, El Nene got that responsibility. And again, the manager rewarding a player and a player rewarding the manager, beautiful to see. Willock was amazing, bust that midfield. Them bust that thing there, run that thing one man. That was beautiful, Joe Willick. That was that's what we come to see. The front line was brave, going in Ketia, going Nelson, going Pepe, saying, you know what? I have one Mandem who's experienced, or rather, he's he's coming to his own and he's still coming into his own, and he needs a game in Pepe. He got a game, and he put in a performance. Nelson needed a game, put in a performance, and Ketia needed a game, put in a performance. That was brave to see, and it's. It was great to see those younger players come in and the team immediately just have more wherewithal about us. There were, there were more moves. There was more attacking forays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the young players just had more legs about them. They were getting around, getting into different spaces and stretching the defense, right? And it made, it made us look like a more potent attack where before we scored, the first 30 minutes was a lesson in, and what we had been so far, where we can create chances and not put them away, but because we're creating so many, there wasn't an exasperation about the boys. There was even a more wherewithal of, now. Nah, let's just keep going, let's push through, we'll get the goal, then we'll get another one, then we'll seal this game off. Why? Because we are creating so many chances. It's not one here, one there, one here, one there. And defensively, they were solid, so why not? Why not keep going? 
So I thought it was a positive result, 3-0 against Dundalk, knowing Malda beat uh, VN. So we're sitting in a position where we play Malda on Thursday, we beat Malda, the group is in our hands now. You know, the group is our, the group is in our hands. That's effectively the group decided in that regard, right? Because we can start to rest a few more mandem, start to see a squad like this play throughout the tournament where maybe even Xhaka sits out and we see some younger guys even in there, right? Some academy kids in there. Because it was nice to see Balugan get a game, yet we'll get into that a bit later on in the show today. Um, we have to talk about, before we get into player ratings, <laughs> we have a guest line-up little feature that we're running on the show because at the end of the day with Miguel is one of the hardest people to predict what he's going to do. So we guessed the lineup or predicted the lineup in the last episode, and we got five out of eleven right. And since it's the start, we're doing this the first time we're keeping track of it. That's the best score we have so far. So we definitely need to up that right. And some of y'all can start doing it as well under the hashtag. You know what I'm saying? Guess the lineup AFC, and we'll run that thing and make it do what it do right. Yeah. So when we go through the team as well, performance-wise, Runison I think was solid. You know, did what he had to do. It was nice to see him early on get tested with that long-range effort. He parries it wide instead of just doing some fuck shit. Sorry, Leno. And then when the corner comes in, he's confident and claims it as if I'll atone for that. That ball shouldn't have gone out of play. That ball should have stayed ours. That shouldn't have been a threat to us, right? And then everything else he had to do from then on, he just grew in confidence and grew in confidence as the game wore on, right? Defensively, I thought he was solid. Offensively, I thought he was great. Just how he commands that back line with his passing ability and his ability to play outside of his box. There was a time when the ball was coming and he was coming out for it and his defenders didn't know where to go because now he's about two yards off of being further forward than his centre-backs. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I like to see that because eventually they can press higher forward and now people, players would have had to be drawn out to him and he would have played a pass out and now we just start to pick out the open man. That was beautiful to see. So Runa gets a solid seven for me. I think it was a solid debut for a guy who maybe is young when it comes to games at, at the professional level. It is a bit more experienced and more mature, right, at 25. So he gets a solid seven for that because I feel there's scope for growth there, especially as a backup goalkeeper in games like this where we're going to have these type of games in the Europa League. We're going to have some FA Cup and League Cup games that are going to be similar to this where you're going to have to give a guy like Runison a run and, let, and rest a Leno, especially knowing that some of our young guys, they, they, we need to see a few more standout performances in there. And there's competition for places down there for them too. So Runison having a solid game, that just establishes there in the pecking order that, hey, we're going to have to perform well. You know, maybe Matt Macy goes out on loan and that opens up one space for them to be able to compete for down the line when it comes to Carl Hine and Okonko there, you know. So, yeah, solid performance from Runison and goal. Cedric Suarez at right fullback or right wingback, rather, I felt was solid yet again. You know, I, I can't say too much about it anymore. It's that he is literally what we need in that backup right wingback position where if he's not going to be better than what Hector offers us, at the very least, maintain. Like, keep it there. You know what I'm saying? Solid thing. So it was a solid seven for just keeping it there, and I like that. And can we continue with those type of performances from Cedric Suarez for as long as he's at the club? You know, he's a more experienced player, more older guy. So in a sense, like when Lynn Steiner came into the club, we thought that's what we were going to get. The injuries maybe hurt him a bit. Yet Suarez is showing that that's the type of performance you get from a veteran guy who comes in and plays right wing back, right full back, gives you some versatility going on the left side as well. So shout out to Suarez for that, you know, solid seven. Ainsley's a Monday and we've been calling to get game and say, yo, when is Ainsley going to get game? When is Ainsley going to get game? I even thought maybe even play Ainsley on the right side or play him in midfield, yet I realised competition is tough across the board. This is Ainsley's position. He played so well in this position that he got an England call-up and he got caps there. Ainsley needs to knock this position down. And that wasn't the performance that says it. Mandem said he looked uninterested before the start of the game. And it's one of those you can understand, I guess, from a human point of view where Ainsley is an international, should be playing in more first-team games, and he's playing in this first-team game where he should take it seriously because it's a first-team game. And he didn't really put in that type of performances. There's times when he was just going through the motions and he'd lose the ball, maybe make the run and do nothing with it. Now he's out of position and literally strolls back as... as as calm as he and he is as Ainsley, we love that about him. That he's so cool, calm under pressure. Doesn't doesn't seem to be bothered about too much. It he didn't seem bothered about this game, and that was a thing where the performance told. 
normally his performance is all the way 150 and then he's playing literally on on zero the way he's on chill right so it's like we need to see more performances that was a six from Ainsley I'd love to see him get more game I don't think he'll be in consideration for the United game as a starter although I'd love to see him get get a look in there especially if we go to a back four but I guess TNU would be probably starting there. So it's going to be tough for Ainsley until probably Mulder. And he's going to have to put in a shift there because that puts him down the picking order for the England team there. So Ainsley needs to now start to step up his performances. And you can't go knock on the manager's door this week and say, hey, I'm not getting a look in after you put in that type of shift. Or if you had gotten knocked on the manager's door last week and said, I'm not getting a look in and you put in this performance. Gaffer now they call you in and say, mind them, you're not a see for yourself there. You're not a see for yourself there. You're not doing level things. You're not doing things at a level, right? So we'd like to see more level things from Ainsley. So that was a six from Ainsley, man. Standard six, bro. We'd like to see a lot better. And I know you can play better, so I'm not even stressing it. I know you're probably not stressing it. You know you just have to put in the performances. So when you get another look in, let's see it, Ainsley, bro. Mustafi at right center back, I thought was pretty decent, actually. For Mustafi levels, he was actually good. You know, didn't play the whole game, got taken off around the 60th minute, 62nd minute there. Yet, I think he was solid in that back three, knowing Xhaka was the, the central of the three, Kolasniak on the other side. At least on his right side, he's got Suarez he can trust in, and Ronison was playing solid, the midfield was doing well, so he didn't have too much to do, and whatever he had to do, he did it pretty decently. Unfortunately, he's one of those where because he has a game like this, Mustafi's now back in contention. And I think I'm just resolving in my head right now that Mustafi's going to be here at the very least until January, if not until the end of the season. It's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Right now, because Saliba's not being trusted so much and he's not being registered for this competition, I feel Mustafi was that guy to be in that position for now. We still have Holding and Chambers and Mandem coming back and then maybe even moving on from one of those and keeping maybe holding, selling chambers and getting another young British centre-back to come in there. And then we can, have, we can have more depth in those positions, right? Knowing Marie, Gabriel on the left centre-back position, we solid, right? Louise is still available, for, at least for this season. We'll be all right, so it's, we can deal with Mustafi being there because we couldn't do too much business. We couldn't get Mandem out. He's there. The gaffer trusting him, and he's, he's now rewarding the gaffer. He's rewarded the gaffer with the performance. We're praying that if he gets anywhere near the football pitch on Sunday against United, that he puts in a performance because we need those. Bro, we need those. So Mustafi is a solid seven for me, bro. It was good to see him not have to play the full game and maybe have to get gassed and make some crazy decisions. So for the gaffer to also know when to take him off, that was solid. Xhaka playing centrally of the three centre-backs, I thought was probably one of his best performances as it pertains to defensively where he was just doing what had to be done defensively, sacrificing of himself and being in the right positions. And it seems as if, especially in games like this, that's going to be his position going forward, where he doesn't have to do too much moving about, and when the team presses high, then he's in his natural position on that halfway line quarterback in the play with his passing, right? And especially if we don't have maybe a Gabriel at left centre-back in a game like this, and you're playing, you know, a Kolasniac or maybe a Karen Tierney, somebody who's a left centre-back, who maybe bumps forward instead of passes the ball forward, then Xhaka's ideal there. Xhaka's perfect there. So that was a, an eight for me for Xhaka. You know, again, one of the guys who got taken off around the 74th minute, maybe in view of the United game coming up, he skipped the team and solid performance. The team played to the tone that he set, where he didn't give up. He kept going. He was playing out of position so he could see the game, I guess, more holistically. And I think that helped with, with him having more heart He's not a guy that we always say lacks heart, but maybe gets faint sometimes in a game when things aren't going for him. And that's a, as a consequence of him having so much heart, right? He has so much heart that if things aren't going so well in the game, his head will drop saying, Ish, when is it going to happen for us? And yesterday, he kept his head up and the team kept their head up and they got the breakthrough and they got the second goal and it was easier to take him off once we've got the, we had the game in the bag, right? So... Solid eight from Xhaka, man. We like to see more of those. Let's see more of those performances. Great for Miguel to trust him in that position and for him to reward the gaffer. Right on, brother. Uh, Sayed Kolasniac at left centre-back. Hey, another guy that we're going to have to resolve. He's in the squad. Especially when we know that our biggest grabs with him was he couldn't defend and he was playing left wing-back, left, left-back, where he was getting exposed. At left centre-back, it 
especially in these types of games where it looks like that's the only games he gets, where it's at a lower-ish level. Sorry to be disrespectful to the opposition, but that's what it is. We need to know what we have in our players. Sayed is for this level, and he's perfect for this level, especially in that utility position where he has to keep his head on and he still has the chance to bomb forward. There was a chance in the game when he even has a chance in the box with a head, and you're sitting there saying, how's that open play? And Sayed is up there with a chance to head the ball in, and he actually had a chance to score the goal. Where if you realise how much time he had, he could have maybe let the ball come down and strike with his left foot a more confident say that they get to go so that was solid and his overlapping runs his, his usage of the ball was pretty decent when he had it and he compensated for Enzi not being so great and somehow say it was the better defender on that left wing channel so solid seven for Seyed Kalasniac. Can we see more of those, please? Because he's a guy, when he came into the club, I was so happy to see him get into the club. And the performances weren't great and it wasn't what it is, right? And then you start to lose a bit more love for the guy. Then you see what he did, that thing when he defended Uzel. I was like, yeah, that's the he's defending better there by the Uzel situation than he's doing there on the field sometimes when Uzel are not on the field with him. So now he's starting to defend better again. Good to see. Can we see more of those performances? Say yeah, that was a solid seven for Mandem. And yeah, the back line was solid. Aside from Ainsley maybe not putting in his best performance, the clean sheet was earned because everybody put in their shift. El Neni, who contributed greatly to that, I felt in the high press as the depot of the central midfielders. Solid game, man. I don't want to be mean, but I'm looking at the rating now. It's like I had a seven down for El Neni, and I'm thinking El Neni was the reason we pressed so well in midfield. El Neni was the reason we used the ball so well. And then he was the reason Willer could boss the game and bomb forward and Pepe and Nelson and Ketia could bomb forward and have a performance. So in a sense, I'm going to bump El Nini up rating Nadia up to an 8 because El Nini put in a shift, bro. And I like that. And I like to see more of that because, again, that's a player who the gaffer rewarded with a look in the squad. He rewarded the gaffer with a performance. And now we'd like to see more of those consistent, solid performances. We like that. We like that. Day. Keep it there. Solid thing. Then I go Joe Willock there, because Joe Willock now they another man them who is a solid football player. Before the episode, the episode before this, we we're talking about how we're not seeing performances from him. And knowing that he has it within him, I thought take him out on loan somewhere where he can get a solid 30 games under his belt and start to get performances. He got a look in, and this was the Joe Willock we were sold on, because this is the Joe Willock we believe that can revolutionize this midfield, right? He was our best creative outlet throughout the game, consistently, consistently being an outlet, consistently creating plays, breaking the lines with his runs, breaking the lines with passes, right? Getting chances, converting his chances, right? Getting an assist, oh my goodness. So that was a man of the match performance for me from Joe Willock, solid nine from Joe Willock. And I think there's going to be more of that there by him over time because he's got that within him. So more performances like that and Joe Willock will get more stars, right? Because that was the prototypical performance we want to see in that central midfield position. There's a lot more to come from the Mandem, right? There's a whole lot more to come from them. So uh, another solid performance from him in their midfield. Now that he's getting his looks, can he can be more consistent with his performances and grow from there. Nicola Pepe is somebody who we cried for him to start in this game, knowing that it would do wonders for his confidence if he got a performance under his belt. And... Boy, did he reward the manager, you know, because Nicola Pepe is a confidence player. You know how it is for him. He gets one or two good performances under his belt and he's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be performing. He's going to be giving the team a shift, right? And there's going to be a lot more to come from him from there, right? So over time, Nicola Pepe will grow and become what he's supposed to be as a player and start to reward the team. And this type of performance only goes, only goes further to ascertaining or establishing why he's supposed to be in that squad. And for him to get a solid performance, for the manager to take him off around the 60th minute, knowing again United game in mind, that was solid, man. And may he start against United because he was caused Luke Shaw all type of problems on that right side. Because he's getting his look in. I mean, he scored the goal on his right side. Yet, his delivery on the left foot, there was times when it was, again, inconsistent. Yet, I like the fact that he was varying his delivery. Now, he wasn't trying to do the same thing three times over when he gets the ball, right? He'd get in in that channel on the right, inside channel, get the ball on his left foot. He would try a cross far post. Okay, didn't work for him too much. Next time he gets that ball in that channel, it was a shot at goal. Didn't work for him. Cool, I get that. I tried to play it short. And then he'd be frustrated with himself. Thinking, oh, shit, this was the chance maybe I should have shot. So now he's... Knowing, okay, I'm learning now. I'm not just doing for the sake of, and his chance came from instinct, where he's in a more okay inside left center position. The ball falls to him, and he converts on his right foot. Beautiful finish, confident finish, and there's going to be more of those over time.
because he's going to grow in confidence as a player, right? That's the type of player he is, a quality player. This was a quality performance from Nicola Pepe, a solid aid from us. And I think over time, Nicola Pepe will start to give us better performances, you know. And this was only just the start. Reese Nelson, and it was so beautiful to see him reward the manager because I'm one of those where biggest Reese Nelson fan since he was in the academy. Yet anytime he would play for our squad, we wouldn't see the performance we've seen for the academy or that he's putting out alone. Yet he started to put in that performance, and he's yesterday's game was an example of okay, this is who Reese truly is. He's learned that I'm not a right winger per se; I'm more of a left winger who plays in on my right foot, and I can get chances. It would have been great to see him get rewarded with a goal. Yet his performance across the board was so great that I give him an eight because of just how well he he adjusted to the position, how well he played. Where it wasn't any like there was a time when we saw him last week where he looked like he was too hungry to impress. Oh, now he was calm. He was in his zone now, where it was, a, it was a thing where if he was a bit greedier, where he was a bit eager to impress, he probably would have got a goal, especially in that second half where it opened up, right, and chances were falling and people were not converting. He was playing according to structure now. And it's good to see him play according to structure because it will reestablish and reaffirm in the gaffer's mind that you can play Aubameyang down the middle because Nelson is there. Gabi's coming back to full fitness. William is still available. We have options down the left side, right? So we can be rest assured there that Nelson is going to give us options there. We can play Uber down the middle now. Because Nketiah was solid down the middle. And he rewarded the gap for the performance where last week we saw him play down the left side. We didn't understand what he was doing down that channel, right? Down the middle, he gets chances. To the point where early in the first half, first 30 minutes, he got too many chances for my liking. Where he wasn't converting, yet he kept going. And his goal came as a result of him continuing to go where he had... He had chances he should have scored before that. Yet he gets an easy chance and puts it away. That's what we want to see in your striker, right? Get the first goal, get confidence up in the squad, and let's go from there. And instantly after that, that's how we get the second goal, right? Because now there's momentum within the squad. We get into the second half and we have momentum. We can convert and get the third goal. We kill it off. So that was solid for Miketi. To see him get pulled off maybe shows that the manager's rewarding him as well, saying you will probably be the, the striker on the bench against against United if maybe Lacazette is dropped and Uber goes down the middle. That's a great compliment to Eddie Nketiah, right? So call me Eddie, man. That was beautiful to see, and that was beautiful to see him get a goal. We haven't seen the celebration in a while, you know what I'm saying? Call the man them. Now we can call the man because the man is scoring goals again. So shout out to Eddie Nketiah's solid performance. Um, so what we give him a seven there. I think he was solid again. It was like the Nene situation where if I'm giving Nelson an eight, I feel Aiden Kitty actually deserves an eight. So I'm gonna review that personally because just what he gives the attacking line when he's scoring goals because he's always a solid seven. I feel when he's just getting getting about and getting chances and maybe not scoring chances. If he misses a sitter, I drop it to a six. When he converts, I have to put it at an eight. When Aiden gets a hat trick. That's when we'll talk about Eddie at 9, 10 level there. Because he gets the chances where in this game he should have maybe got a hat trick and he doesn't, but it's cool. He got the goal. Build up his confidence there, right? Yeah, for the substitute, uh, Kerry and Tierney came on around the 74th minute. Or we'll start with the guys who came on a bit earlier. Although I feel all the subs for me are un unimpressive, although there was one that I was super excited to see come on. Tierney got a chance where I felt he should have converted. That would really have done wonders for his conference going forward. Ceballos just kept it taking over where I think he's due a very good game. And what Willock did will put good pressure on him into going into the United game where we need to see a performance like that from Ceballos. Willian, I don't think was too much was too much of a threat, but again, he's just coming back to full fitness, so it's what it is. Yeah, so it's solid sixes across the board. Balogun, I was real excited to see come on, man. Like for the Florian Balogun's been doing so well for the youth teams, and for him to get a look in at first team level, and for him to reward the manager yet again, right, with a decent shift where you can see what it is there. You know, he's feeling pressure now with Eddie getting his goal. Where I was calling for Balogun to come in because Eddie was underperforming. Now Balogun gets to look in, may he sign his new deal and extend his stay at the club and we can start to see more production from the kid, right? Because there's a talent there. There's a goal scorer there. There's a true marksman there. And we deserve to see some goal scorers within the team, right? Especially going forward where Uber's getting older. So let's see some young strikers come into the squad. Um, just some quick takeaways from the game where <laughs> we had a lot of shots at goal, which was great to see, like 25 shots at goal. With only six on target, that's kind of uh, not, not, not as good as you'd want to see, but our conversion rate of that was three goals, you know, so it's not as bad as it looks because we're creating chances and we weren't playing a, a true first team in that regard. So 
I'd like to see that level of chances where 20 shots at goal a game on average should be what we do. Let's work our shots on target up to about maybe 10-ish, and then we can we can look to talk about three, four goals every single game, right? And that's the level we have. So 63% ball possession, that wasn't so bad against a team that gave us the ball, right? Putting up 580 passes with a 92% pass accuracy. Again, the numbers are going up. The numbers are looking good. The numbers are at a healthy level. We like to see that. <laughs> One stat that really did catch my attention was the fact that we had 20 fouls against us that the ref called and zero for Dundalk, which I've never fucking seen in a football game. So anybody who bet on that stat, shout out for your win for, man, because that should have been some crazy odds on that. But yeah. Um, again, clean game other than that. It was great to see us get 15 corners as a result of getting 25 shots at goal and the set plays being varied where we had a little bit more variation and some more ingenuity within that. Where you can look, it looks like our set piece coach is really like earning his money there because now the team is looking like a threat from set play. So if we continue that, or rather when we continue that, the team is going to really have more of a threat going forward. And that's, that's really all we want to see from our squad, right? We want to see more of a threat. So... As a consequence of just going through that whole motion of some of these kids, I was looking and feeling like, hey, man, y'all should go out on loan. I started to look at it more holistically after this game and say, you know what, you put in a performance when the gaffer needed you to or when the gaffer called on you. And if we invest our faith within you as a fan base and say, you are here, Mandem, for the season and we want to see levels for the season, let's start to maybe grade you according to that standard where you the 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 future and the nucleus of our squad and when i just did a little 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 look into it i was like okay we have about what 10 11 now after balogun came in under 23 players within our first team or, or players who have gotten games within our first team this season or players who are within our first team this season that are under the age of 23 11 of them among them and it's great to see when we have a lot more older guys at the higher end of our 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 depth chart and to have younger guys who are complimenting that some of them who are actually first team players and, and establishing themselves as essential first team players, that's dope, man. So we just did a look into the kids all right and just saying, you know what, if we're building around these, you know, 10, 11 young first team players, what would our team look like in, it look like in scope of maybe down the line? What role would they play? What role do we envision them playing? So we just did a couple, a couple little looks into it statistically and just what it is we're getting out of the players currently and what we can envision getting out the players down the line, what positions they'll play and what roles they'll play within the squad, right? So here it goes, man. Ainsley turned 23 in August, so he's still under 23 for us. Recent England call-up and, you know, his caps. Ainsley is one of our favorite players, you know, because coming up, Ainsley was an attacking player and there was potential in him as an attacking player. The game changed based off of what he was developed to play around, where he was developed to play in a 4-4-2, in 4-3-3 a world where he was a right-sided midfielder who was down the line offering the worth. When the game evolved and he's a right-footed player who, if he's an attacking player, has to play down the left, doesn't have as much dynamism in his game that way. Moving back to a more defensive position actually did wonders for him. And now seeing him get rewarded for that with caps and performances, that's great, man. And may he start to get rewarded with more looks in the first team as a result of that. Because across the board, Enzi has now played, what, 139 games for Arsenal. Five goals, eight assists, not so bad, right? Especially knowing that his actual ceiling is a first-team starter and a first-team regular, especially if we're going to play more of a dynamic team where he's the utility player within that. You know, I'm seeing a lot more of a, like a Laurent beside Natamere, where Laurent was a right back who could play right midfield for us. You know, in modern football, Laurent could play on the left side as well and give us a lot more of a dynamic look, right? So we, we, we appreciate those things and we need those things within our squad. Kieran Tierney is 23 and he's an amazing signing that we pulled off of. Like Celtic, we got a steal from y'all. Shout out to that because that's, that's going to be a mainstay of our backline going forward. You know, for me, I see a future vice-captain type of player where Ashley Cole was that guy, you know what I'm saying? Down that left-back channel, just offering us so much quality, offering so much of a threat. Yeah, that's who it is then, Kieran Tierney. You know, a product of the Celtic Youth Academy and now coming into Austin and offering us so much quality, so much dynamic, so much of a dynamic threat down the left side, so much versatility playing left wing back, left centre back. Uh, man, more, more to that Kieran Tierney, man. So, I mean, a veteran now, I feel, in his career with 202 games across the board for Celtic at Arsenal. He gets goals, you know, nine goals across there. He'll, he'll chip in with a random goal, but his assist numbers are what impresses me so much at 41. And I think the more he plays, especially 
in a 4-4-2 where he gets to play in that left-back position, we'll start to see more of that more versatile Carantini, right? You know, the reason Mikel plays Saka and Ainsley down the left side is to get those assists, but if Tierney's playing left centre-back, it takes away some of his versatility with his assists. So once he gets to see the game more holistically as Mikel wants him to now, playing left centre-back, playing left full-back, then we're going to see a more a more quality version of Kieran Tierney, right? Yeah, and that ceiling of Ashley Cole. I mean, Ashley Cole is a, a well-decorated player, and Kieran Tierney as well is pretty well-decorated at his age. Yet I think there's a lot more honours in there both, you know, for with the team and, and individually, you know. That's team of the year level player, you know, world team of the year level player, Ken Tierney. So shout out to him, man. Great signing for us. Another great signing we pulled off is 22-year-old Gabriel Magalhães, who turns 23 in December, where uh, I don't understand why we were so skeptical when we signed him, saying, hey, man, this guy's not, a, he's not experienced so much in international football. He's not experienced so much in league football, yet he's come in and taken like a... A duck to water, bro. He's so comfortable in that back line where he, for me, is our best central defender and he's the leader of our back line. Where that's a future captain type player, you know? Yeah, that's a Mr. Arsenal right there. That's Tony Adams I see there. And for a guy who's played less than 100 career games, or 85 career games at first team level with four goals, and one of them already for Arsenal, it shows that there's just so much to unlock in his game, right? Yeah, because he's only been in Europe for, what, three years now? Yeah, signed for Lille in Jan of 2017. You know, went out to lo on loan to Troyes, went out on loan to Dinamo Zagreb. One loan pretty well, one not so well. Yet, get back to Lille, establish yourself in the first team for a season. You get a move to Arsenal and now you just keep growing. And you can just see him grow in maturity with every single game. Where he's a young man, yet he's growing with every single game. Growing into the responsibility, growing into who he may be as a player, right? That's so beautiful to see. So more to that, you know, only capped at Brazil under 20 level. So part of me, it's one of those things where now Brazil will see that, okay, he's he's a Selecao type of player, you know, where he'll probably be in that defense for, for years to come for Brazil. For the next 10 years, he'll be in that squad because he's that type of that type of player. He's levels. One player who we signed a season ago, loaned out, you know, back on loan and, we get him back from San Etienne and William Saliba and he's, he's being slowly transitioned into the squad. And you can understand why, because he's an elite level talent. You know, everywhere he's been, he's exceeded expectation as a young player from youth international level, especially all the way to first team level, where you can see why maybe Mikel wants it to be a thing where he doesn't regress so much in his, in his acclimatization into it, right? Where he gets an opportunity to play himself into that level and become who he may be fully, right? And that's where it is for him, having played 36 career games and made, yet to make his senior debut for Arsenal. Hey, man, there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of upside there, right? And potentially over time, we'll see, we'll see a quality player who can actually do something for the squad. You know, he skipped with the under-23s in his debut, and that was nice to see because now he can grow and over time he can become who, who he may be, you know? Capped all the way from under-16 to under-20 youth international with France. I see a Saul Campbell type of player where long-term, that's who you have there, a solid, solid centre-back who has the legs despite his rather large frame to get up and down and be more of a stopper defender. And Gabriel can be his cover defender and there'll be quality across the board for years to come there. So shout-out to William Saliba. May he get some games in the cup games because he hasn't been registered for the European games and in the league, I guess he's still being slowly you know, blooded into the squad, like Mikael said, right? So over time, he'll get his looks and he'll take them because you see a player there. Once he works on his mobility, his agility, he's there, bro. Physically, he's a specimen, that boy. 19 years old still, yet you can see a talent there. So shout out to him. One homie who we've been kind of hard on because pause because his talent is there is Joe Willock, right? Joe Willock is an amazing central midfielder. And... His engine is some of the things that we commend him for, right? Where he can get up and down and get those goals from midfield, and we want to see more of that, you know? And at 21, you were starting to feel like it probably wasn't happening so much for him at first-team level for Arsenal because he'd get sporadic looks into the team. Sometimes he'd do well, sometimes he wouldn't do so well. Now he's starting to grow into his own, where you're seeing that Rumford Pele in him, you're seeing that Ray Parler-esque footballer in him that has that Aaron Ramsey goal-scoring streak, where I thought Ray Parler had goals in him. Later on in his career, maybe a lot more of a squad player. And that's where Willock falls for me, where he can be a first-team player within the transition. By the time he gets a bit older and you get a lot better as a squad, he's now 
getting older, 25, 26, and he's more Ray Parler for your squad, and he's that guy who's been there thick and thin for the squad. He's a veteran guy who you can give an armband to, and you can grow your squad around that when it comes to, you know, building young players around him when you're playing a second-strength team, right? I mean, 66 games so far for, for, for the team, for at first-team level, rather, and nine goals, that's not bad, Joe Willow. I'd love to see his assist numbers go up, you know, only got two so far, but there's a lot there. There's a lot there. You can see it's there. And it's starting to come together. It's starting, the curl is starting to curl all the way, you know? I mean, he's played from under 16 all the way to under 21 level for England. And now when he starts to put in this level of performance, you can see him knocking for the, on that England first team door because then he's getting more regular looks for Arsenal, right? And England could use a guy like him in midfield where he breaks the line, especially with Bambi Dele Ali being a bit off now, you know. So he's that type of guy for me where I see a better version of Dele Ali. No slight to Dele. I thought the mentality was always never there with Dele, where the talent was there, but the mentality wasn't. Joe Willock always seemed more mentality than actual ability. Now he's harnessing the two and bringing it together. And we pray for Dele Ali too as an African, young African brother where he'll get it together too, you know. And there'll be stars for England, you know. Yeah, they play for England, but it's cool. Be a star where you at, you know what I'm saying? Be a star in the situation that you're in. So shout out to Joe Willow, man. One player who we were praying was going to choose to play for in Nigeria in Bukayo Sako, and he chose England. It's what it is because he's going to be a super fucking star for England, bro. Where down the line for the next 10 years, 11, 12 years, that's England's superstar, Bukayo Sako, bro. Like, what a fucking talent, man. Like, a, I still don't understand why we haven't nailed down a position for him because I refuse to speak of him as a left wing back. He's not a left wing back. And I don't even think he's a left winger, bro. He's a left center midfielder, central attacking midfielder, right inside forward. That's where you play Bukayo. I understand we have Pepe right inside forward, so you have to make space for him in the left central midfield position or play him as a 10 because he's our guy. He's our guy, bro. He's our guy, bro. Like, he's talented. He offers so much quality there. He offers so much versatility there, bro. And there's a lot more of a future for the kid there. Because down the line, we will see a guy that offers us, you know, that Robert Perez, Mark Overmars, if he's on the wing quality. You know, Dennis Bergkamp, if he's playing as a, as, a, as, a, as a 10, right? I see that level of player, bro. We've played 50 games so far for Arsenal. The five goals, but 12 assists at 19, bro. Come on, come on, bro. That's soft. That's soft, bro. So, I mean, youth international from under 16 to under 21 level, then he got his senior cap recently in the 3-0 win against Wales. And although he was playing at left wing back, and it's what it is that, you know, people are still seeing him as that right now as he acclimatizes and grows into himself, in time he will be what he is destined to be, what he truly may be, and it's going to be beautiful to see. And we're here for that journey, boy, because Bukayo Sako, man, that's a freaking talent, superstar talent right there, bro. Yeah, the potential Ballon d'Or type play, we have that within our ranks, and that's good to have, bro. Reese is also levels to that too, but we have guys within our ranks that can do that, you know, and it's nice to have that, you know, it gives us confidence. So, going on to a guy like Emil Smith-Rowe, where he's had it maybe a bit tougher from all the other academy kids, where he came into the squad in, the, in, in, in a time when we had a lot of central midfielders, and then by the time he was growing into his own, we didn't have enough central midfielders and there wasn't enough trust in him in that position where guys like Mkhitaryan were getting looks when Emil Smith-Rowe should have been in all, in, all regard, in all honest regard, right? So now that he's had that RB Leipzig loan move where he got injured, yet he put in some solid performances. He got the move to Huddersfield where he came into his own a lot more. He matured, you know, and now he's there, right? Where at 20 years old, he's on the cusp of being what he truly may be. Only 34 games at first team level for, you know, across the board because of the injuries and the likes. He had five goals, three assists, playing a lot more on the left inside channel at under 23 level. So he's being blooded for a lot a lot of that where what we saw Hussein Mawar potentially being sometimes in a 4-3-3 or playing in a in a in a four-five in a in a four-two-three-one as a ten. That's where it's gonna be for him, right? So Emil Smith throw potential talent for us. I see a lot again, like we said, Dennis Burkamp. I see Jack Wilshire more where Jack Wilshire would have been, and I still hold on to that because I'm a big Wilshire fan and Emil Smith-Rowe is that way that creative outlet from central midfield man is something else you can't really you can't really buy that and when you have it yes you can put you can buy that if you buy Hussein Mawar but once you have it bro you can't put a price on it because it's it's everything for Arsenal that's how we create when we have a, a great front line that has a solid central attacking midfielder that creates play for us and we have a solid back line and oh man we're unplayable from there right Gabby Go Martinelli is one of those players who I feel down the line, 
is our starlet or part of our starlet core, right? We have a lot of these guys who are part of our starlet core where we spoke about the ceiling for Emil Smith-Rowe being a first-team player in the central midfield position. Gabi Martinelli, I felt, or I feel right now, has nailed down the left wide, wide forward position for himself as a starter the moment he's fit, where... Reese Nielsen did well in the last game, and Uber Mayang has been playing down there, yet Martinelli's our guy, where every time he's played there, he's given us so much of a different look, a dynamic look, and he's given us goals, bro. Where he's only been in the squad since July of 2019, signed for like 6.7 million euros, yet we have a gl potential global superstar on our hands. You know, I see a lot of Thierry Henry and just how he glides, and... He may not have the world's greatest dribbling ability, yet he will dribble the living shit out of you if you give him space, right? Because he trusts his ability where he'll push the ball past you. He will hold the ball. He will he will just he will he will command space, you know, he'll command, he'll command that respect. And at 19 years old, bro, there's so much of a high ceiling there where he's only played 26 first team games where we don't have his Brazil stats. That's just for Arsenal. So 26 first team games, 10 goals and four assists. You do the numbers and think to yourself, like what? What happens when he gets more consistent looks in a more competitive team? We have a more well-rounded player. You know, a well more rounded player where under 20 cap for Brazil, I think he's probably going to be a first-team player for the Selecao real soon, especially when he comes back from injury because they know what they have in him. They're not going to fuck about them, especially when they know he can play for Italy. They're not going to fuck about their by Brazil because if he plays for Italy, that's a... A superstar on Italy's hands. So, yeah, man, shout out to Gabigol Martinelli, man. Can he get back to full fitness and start to get more goals and start to get more games under his belt? And we know what he does with those performances. You know, it builds him up in, it builds him up in confidence and we start to get a better team across the board. Because when he plays well, we've seen our team play well, right? We've seen our team play well because Ubermayang can go down the middle. We have Saka in the team there because Saka and Martinelli have a great combination, which means that Saka playing in that left center, left center mid channel and Martinelli at left wide forward with Ober down the middle, it's going to give us so much of a different look, bro. It's going to give us so much of a different look. So we look forward to that. Reese Nelson is a guy who impressed on that left wing forward position and against Dundalk. And it was one of those things where that was a performance we've been crying out to see for so long from Reese where you're 20 years old, 2021 20, in December, it's coming of age time, Reese, and you're literally ascending and growing into yourself as a football player, where that Hoffenheim loan, or that Hoffenheim loan, rather, you got injured, yet you impressed. And even Hoffenheim wanted you back, and the teams that wanted to sign him outright, and Arsenal stuck with him, and it was great to see them stick with him because he's starting to reward the team and the manager and performances, right? Where he's, he's pretty well-established now at his age with 71 games, and 10 goals, 4 assists, maybe not a fair return on his level of ability where he is levels, Reese, Where Reese can dribble a man in a phone booth and I think sometimes he maybe tries to do too much where he's now learning to simplify his game and when he's got the space to do certain things, he does them. And I feel he could be a potential key player for Arsenal, especially as a start to a backup player to a Martinelli, right? Especially knowing, I don't want to be facetious, but knowing our luck, Martinelli being what he is, a team is going to come in for him down the line with mega bucks. And we can't turn down 140 million for Martinelli, especially when we have Reese Nelson and the squad ready to take over and they're similar in the age group range, right? So we do that business and let's develop our players for the long term because he's a lot more Freddie Lundberg for me, right? Where Freddie was low key, but he would get his goals. And I think Reese has his goals where he's low key, he does his business, does his job, beats his mind, delivers a ball, can get you the assist when he gets a chance, it's goals. And Freddie had that streak in him where he could get you 10 goals a season just because he's a ruthless finish and gets in those positions and converts, right? And Reese has that in him. I'd like to see that. And I'd like to see more looks for Reese getting those looks and getting those chances and converting, right? Eddie Nketia, call him Eddie, bro. That's one mandem where I was a big fan of him getting promoted because we haven't seen promotion of young center forwards. We've seen promotion of players in other positions at Arsenal, but we've never seen an, a striker. You know, and to finally see a striker come up was great. And for Eddie to maybe not always impress where his first, his debut, I think, was one of those things where we went crazy after his debut, right? That week of his debut, between his debut and second game where he was getting, I think he scored three goals. He was amazing, Eddie. We were like, oh, that's what we have there. And from youth level, we knew Mandem's reputation was to score goals. Now at 21, he's coming to his own way. At international level, he scored goals for fun there, Eddie. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I was laughing at that thing where his record at youth international level is a goal a game. Where he's got 31 and 31 from under 18 to under 21 level. That's a striker, boss. 
And now we'd like to see more of that at first team level for Arsenal, where we stole him from Chelsea's youth in 2015, loaned him out to Leeds United as he came into his own as a first team player last season. Now we've got him back the player we really need, where he's attacking play, hold up play in the front line. It still needs work when it comes to converting chances, yet he presses well. And he's a predator. So when the ball falls to him like it did last night, he converts. And that's all we want to see from Eddie. Convert your chances, create some ruffle there in the back line, and you can be an impact player off the bench or a second striker when we're playing with two. The Sylvain World Tour, Nwanku Kwanu. You know what I'm saying? That's a nice mold to be in a winning team in the Invincibles. Go check Mandam there. Mandam decorated in that role. And Eddie has that in him where I think the goal numbers need to come up, right? 66 games played at first team level, only 15 goals and one assist. Eddie needs to come up and he knows that. And I like that about him where he's conscious of who he is, who he's not and who he may be because we're going to start to see a more, a more overall talented player from Eddie as time, as time goes by, right? Pardon me. Folarin Balugan was one player we called so much for to get a game in the last episode. And Mikael maybe listen to the episode because Follerun Bolagun got game. And Follerun, he rewarded, you know, in the fact that he came on and he put himself about. Yes, he didn't get goal, didn't get too many chances to get goal yet. I think that's going to be good for his confidence, making his debut for the, the squad, knowing he's out of contract at the end of the season. And he's been offered a renewal and hasn't signed where I, I understand for him saying he wants to get first-team football elsewhere. All he has to do is look at the first-team squad and realize between him and Eddie, that's where the fight is for long-term striker in the squad. Where by the time they're 23 years old, two years from now, Aubameyang is not going to be playing down the middle for the squad. Maybe not consistently anymore, right? He's aging. Attrition takes his toll, right? So y'all the future of the squad. If you leave right now, you could go elsewhere where you will get game, but maybe not get a chance to become who you truly may be. So I think that was that awakening for him where he's a lot Ian Wrightish in his play, right? Where he can get goals as a pure number nine. And you can play him in tandem with Eddie because Eddie can play a lot more as a false nine as time goes by. Where you can start Eddie and bring Falun Polygon on with a different type of look if you go down that route, you know? So he'll get games this season. And if he stays the course and starts to perform as well as he's done for the youth team so far, shout out to him. I mean, he's one of them Mandem where he's eligible to play for three national teams. So it'll be nice to see what decision he makes. You know, born in New York, he has U.S. he has U.S. papers, he has England papers, he has Nigerian papers. So us knowing, you know, our luck, he probably doesn't play for Nigeria, but it'll be great to see him play for Nigeria. You know, play for the Super Eagles and add that quality that Mandem need up front there. You know, so. Aside from that, man, those are the under-23 players we have in the squad who have actually made an appearance in the first team or are training with the first team in the case of Saliba and Balugan. That's what made me start to look at the team more holistically and think, you know what, there's a lot of hope here, Mandam. The kids are all right there. The kids are all right, and there's, there's reason to be optimistic because the kids can grow and can mature and become potentially key players within our squad as we envision it being when we start to win league titles and win Champions League titles, right? And building some key, you know, world-class players around that and some of these mandem establish and grow into world-class players, it's going to be great to see, you know, because that gives us more of that homegrown feel that we've always cried out for, where before when we were trying to build well, we didn't have enough of a homegrown nucleus. We kept buying young players from elsewhere and trying to make them our players, you know, where a guy like Martinelli, we said earlier that maybe a team would come in with an offer like 150. The way he came to Arsenal as his first European team, he might say, nah, I want to stay here. Mandem now showed faith in me. I want to reward faith in Mandem. Saka got his new deal. Saka probably don't want to go nowhere. Gabriel Magalhães finally settled now in Europe after three different teams, two different teams in Europe, three different stints basically in Europe, right? He's going to be settled here. Kieran Tierney knows what it is. He haven't come from a great team like Celtic. Comfortable here. Ainsley turned down Wolves to be here. There was talk of Man United. Didn't go. He's here now. William Saliba was highly coveted and we have him, you know? Joe Willock now they're going to grow. We have a quality player there. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have quality within our squad where we can sit down and say, you know what, Emil Smith-Rowe, Reese Nelson, we have guys who have a high ceiling that can add quality to our team going forward. All we have to do is invest some faith in the mandem, invest some patience in the mandem. You know what I'm saying? Invest the coaching we need in the mandem. Invest the support structure. Like, we need an infrastructure around these kids that helps them to grow. And seeing the pickups that have happened within, you know, the backroom stuff has been nice. To see Dennis Bergkamp mentioned, right? We need those type of minds within the team that develop these young men holistically. Because we have a potential world-class team on our hands, especially if we develop them according to what we, we know 
we have. You know, when you have diamond, you polish the diamond right, you cut the diamond right, you treat the diamond right. We have diamonds on our hands. You know, we have rare, rare, rare minerals. We have talents here. So may we make the most of it. It's great to see we have a manager that's got the potential to make the most of it as well. And Miguel Arteta, who we realized we didn't rate for the player ratings and for the performance and the brave selections and everything else. Mandem, Miguel, you get a solid eight, bro, because that was solid. Even the substitutions when you made them, you have five, but you made four and you made double substitutions when you did. That was solid across the board, Miguel. And we want to see more of that from our gaffer because we know what you are there. You are talent. The same way we're rating these young players and saying we have potential world-class talent. The reason I have so much faith in these world-class young players that I didn't have when they were under Emery is because I have a potential world-class manager there. And now with Miguel there, I know these players can be guided the way they need to. These diamonds can be polished the way they need to. And we can put them on display fully confident. Fully confident in who they may be and them being confident in who they may be. Because we can start to win a lot more titles here. We got a little bit of silverware under our belt. Some man don't count our FA Cup, them thing. Don't count our Carling Cup, them thing. We don't give a fuck, bro. We got silverware under our belt. These young man, them now winning thing. Now we got a chance to start to now maybe win a European, you know, Europa League there. All right, let's do that thing there. Let's push maybe for another cup in the domestic day and then solidify ourselves in, in the Champions League for next season and then let's build from there. Catapult ourselves to the next level and the next level. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. So it was beautiful to see the team react and respond well. We're going to profile the United game tomorrow and just decompress all of this, stay in our high in a sense, right, but get ourselves towards ourselves and know we've got a very tough game against United who are in good form in the European competitions, did very well. And we're going to have to be about it, you know, we're going to have to be about it. It was nice to see these young players come into the team and show the first team players just how to do it, you know. So now against United, we can be confident that we, we will at the very least get a fucking performance because everybody's on their toes now for the next three days in training, right? For the next two days in training, Monday, Monday, toes. Today was probably a day off, day in on Saturday and then Sunday game day. Let's go ahead then. You know what I'm saying? Let's go make it do what it do, bro. So it's like this, man. Come on, you gooners. Let's go get them again. And shout out for the great performance, man. This has been When Highbury Was Home, a loud booth podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Please like and subscribe, rate and review us on all DSPs where you consume your digital media content and podcasts. Um, send us your comments on the show, on some of the young players and what you think about how they've been performing. And let's just open up the dialogue and send them more positive engagement. Some of these young players are active on social media. So just send them that confidence and, and that and that and that you know, motivation, saying, you know what, we see you, Mandem, out there, you're doing well, and we appreciate you contributing to the team and contributing to what we're building as a squad, right? And can we continue building the way we have been, bro, because the foundation is there for us to catapult ourselves to where we know we may be, and that's all it is every, at the end of the day, right? Just building towards it every single day, developing, developing, and we get there, right? So thank you for joining us for this journey, and we continue to grow, right? Peace.